The SGP and Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Sleeper. You already play fantasy on Sleeper, but now you can win cold, hard cash with their over-under game. Just head to sleeper.com slash SGP on your phone to join the SGPN group and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100 at sleeper.com slash SGP. And of course, make sure to download the SGPN app is your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Happy day that ends in Y, everybody, because I don't know why we ever say anything about the day on a podcast when you can listen to this just about any time you want to. It could be Saturday for you, could be Tuesday, could even be a Thursday, who knows, but happy day today uh, as we welcome in to the studio for the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast. I, of course, am your host. Rod Via Gomez and I have got Moon off Manji. He is well. We joke about it all the time on either one of our our podcasts. Probably the busiest people on the SGPN platform, but uh, he hosts every podcast that's not the fantasy football or NASCAR podcast. Moon off, <laughs> welcome to the show, bud. <laughs> What's going on, my man? You know the funny part is is that I had one podcast planned today. I think we we're talking about this after we got done with our podcast yesterday, and then all of a sudden. Last time from going to bed, I get a couple of messages saying, oh, hey, can you fill in for this, uh, for the NBA this morning? And then uh, we wanted to do MLB on Friday. I was like, well, Fridays are my day off. But Rod messaged me. He's like, hey, can you fill in? I was like, Rod, I got you, my man. Um, I will I will jump on with you anytime you need me. So I'm uh, happy to be on, man. Uh, I love it. I know. I, and this was supposed to be my my day off, too. But I was like, oh, no, nope, can't do it. Got to do it today. So. Uh, hopefully you guys are enjoying a day off at some point in your life. Cause moon off and I, <laughs> we're working hard for you so you can win some fantasy and win some money uh, is really what it all boils down to. So, yep. uh, all right, this week we are going to kick off our series of divisional previews for fantasy purposes. Uh, because as we start to get closer now, I mean, uh, Look, I'm already in USFL mode, so training camp to me in the NFL still seems like a foreign concept because now CFL is about to start too, but I, I know training camps are about to start, right? OTAs are about to start in NFL as well, right? I mean, we're right around the corner from that. Yep. Getting so. very, very close. It's crazy because I was looking at the date this morning. I was like, wow, it's already May 20th. Before we know it, like you just mentioned, OTAs, training camp, it's all going to get started before we know it. Preseason games are going to be here, and, and for you – it's going to get real busy because people are going to start drafting. I don't People start drafting very, very early. So it's already that time where we're starting to put the content train together, whether it's fantasy football or, you know, on our podcast. And, and then, of course, Sean and Ryan are doing their uh, all their stuff, too, over there. So it seems like football never stops. Nope. Football does not stop. And that's right. Danny dynasties are all starting up now. There's some dynasties because yeah. the rookies are got So. Uh, yeah, there's going to be some drafting going on. So we're going to get you set and we're going to walk through all the divisions today. We start with the AFC North because I don't know. I just chose it at random. It's the East Coast is what I'm going with. That That's where we're going to start. AFC North. Obviously, we're just going to break down all four teams. Uh, and as I always do, I'm going to put a clock on us because we can't go too neandering into the woods. So I'm going to put 10 minutes on the clock. We're going to break down all four of the teams in the division. Just talk through their fantasy landscape. Try to get you familiar with some of the changes that you may not have been aware of for the teams. New faces, old faces returning, whatever's going on in the team, we want it for you. So Moonoff, are you set to begin? Yeah, let's do it, my man. Let's do it. All right, we put time on the clock and start. With the Cleveland Browns, because they seem to be the biggest mess right now so far yeah. uh, that that's got going on. I mean, Baker Mayfield being replaced by Deshaun Watson, but maybe not because Deshaun Watson may not be playing for a little while. I, there's just so much happening in Cleveland right now that, you know, Jarvis Landry now no longer with the team. I, it's just, it's a mess, Moonoff. And is this something right now that fantasy managers, especially Dynasty, is this a team that you should just really be concerned about overall? Or how are we feeling before we start talking about any players about this team as, as a whole going into the fantasy season? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it, right? Like, of the four teams that we're going to talk about, you know, on, on this episode, this is the team that I was struggling with the most. 
right? Because they just have so many question marks with, you know, the whole Deshaun Watson situation. Is he going to get suspended? How many games is he going to get suspended? What do they want to do with Baker Mayfield? We're starting to see reports that, you know, teams like the Panthers are interested in trading for him. So, I mean, a lot of moving parts on what's actually going to be or who actually is going to be under center for this quarter, uh, for this team uh, come opening day. Is it going to be Baker Mayfield? <laughs> is it going to be Deshaun Watson? Or is it going to be somebody else? We just don't know. And I think, um, at least from a fantasy perspective and a dynasty perspective, it's almost like a wait and see approach on what kind of really happens. And it's all really centered around Deshaun Watson, right? Like what, what is the NFL going to decide to do with Deshaun Watson, suspending him and all the legal issues that he's having, a civil suits and all that stuff. So yeah, this was, I think you would agree that this was one of the, the teams that was probably the most difficult to uh, look into from a fantasy perspective. They finished eight and nine last season good for third place in the north i mean i i could have started from the bottom up but i just i felt like we needed to start with cleveland because there's a lot more to break down so yes if baker mayfield doesn't go though i mean they've got jacoby Brissett in there so now they've got three quarterbacks that could very well end up starting at all in there i mean i first of all do you think mayfield even begins training camp with this team I don't think so. I don't think if he wants to be there. And I don't really think the organization wants him there either, right? Um, I, I, If you had a gun to my head right now, I don't think that he is. I mean, it's not a hot take. He's not going to be the starting quarterback for this team um, come opening day in or over there. I don't even know where they're playing in week one. But I, I just don't see Baker Mayfield on this team um, come training camp or even preseason. I mean, I think those, those trade talks are really tra- starting to heat up, whether it's Seattle or Carolina. And Jacoby Prasad, they brought him in for a reason, knowing that he's a viable backup quarterback, um, you know, one of the better backup quarterbacks. And even if you don't have Baker Mayfield, and if you don't have Deshaun Watson for, I don't know, six to eight weeks, if they decided to suspend him, Prasad's not a bad option to hold down the fort, at least for that long until Deshaun Watson gets back. So as far as Baker Mayfield, I think it's just, I think it's just makes sense for both sides to really just move on, like find a trade, let him move on. And then you can put that chapter behind you. Poor guy. Poor. I mean, you got to just feel feel bad for him. Yeah. He he got a raw deal. I mean, he was on the Browns. If you're a quarterback on the Browns, you obviously know you have a shelf life. I mean, that that jersey does not lie. There's a million names on the back of that Browns quarterback jersey, and there's a reason for it. So, I mean, Deshaun Watson could probably end up being another in the long list as well. Jacoby Brissett, too. But um, do you think they take the key back to the stadium? Those, uh, you know, because he's got the keys to. Like, yeah, I, I think you've paid more attention on the field and film study rather than the progressive commercials. Uh, we might have a different story, but look, uh, Brad, we got to give credit to the guy. I mean, he got them back to these playoffs after what I don't know how many years or first time ever. I don't know what the exact stat is, but I mean, that counts for something. I know the roster around him was great, but you still have to have decent average quarterback play to get your team to a playoff berth, especially when you had the Baltimore Ravens in that division and the Pittsburgh Steelers in the division as well. So you got to give the guy some credit. I mean, look, he brought him back to relevance of some yeah. kind, you know, it was, yeah. yeah, they weren't the laughing stock of the league anymore. And that, that was really a lot to do with him because he made the talent around him just be a little bit better. Now, yeah. whoever takes the snaps is going to have back Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So, Luckily for them, whoever, whether it's Watson, whether it's Brissett, uh, we were pretty much in agreement that it's not going to be Mayfield, but they've still got Nick Chubb coming back. They've still mm-hmm. got Kareem Hunt coming back. Both of those guys absolutely crushed it last year uh, yeah. as, as a one-two duo. You know, Chubb carrying for, was it 1,259 yards on 228 attempts? Uh, mm-hmm. And then Kareem Hunt, 386, not really as much, but obviously um, you know, with him not playing for most of the, the season, that kind of hampered him. But again, you've got a good one-two punch in the running back game, so that helps. Yep. I mean, Nick Chubb's always solid every single year, right, barring any injuries, and I think you say that for any player, but both him and Kareem Hump are solid, and, you know, Nick Chubb is a quarterback that – sorry, quarterback running back that can go out and get you 11, 12, 1,300 yards if he's playing, you know, 16 or or 16 game schedule or 17 game schedule now, right? He could get those touchdowns for you as well. And I think I had Nick Chubb, not last year, the prior year to that, but he was absolutely fantastic for me on my fantasy team. You can say the same thing about Kareem Hunt. So, um, you know, if you have those guys on your roster, I mean, I'm not feeling too bad for you. 
Nope, I'm not either. Uh, and then somebody else you might want to have too is Darius Johnson, just in case. Yeah. yeah, he came in in relief for both of them at one point, <laughs> mm-hmm. Nick Chubb and uh, Kareem Hunt. Got himself 534 yards on 100 carries for three touchdowns. So, you know, a good little good little backup running back to have because they know they like to go to him. Yeah, and I think that the biggest hurdle then is that when you have these type of running backs in your backfield with Nick Chubb, Kareem Hum, and even Dearness Johnson, then the value of the receiving corp, I think, kind of takes a dip then. And I think it's probably going to be a lot more this season that we don't know what the value is going to be despite them having getting Amari Cooper uh, on this roster now. And you still have, you know, Donovan people Jones, but this offense last year, I think they ran back in 2020. I think they ran it close to, I want to say 50% of the time. And it took a little dip last year, maybe with the injuries because you didn't have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt back there. And you were trying to see what you could get out of Baker Mayfield's arm, but Again, I think that that's a conversation piece from a fantasy perspective is what I'm looking at is that do you really want, you know, a one of these wide receivers as your wide receiver one or even wide receiver two? I'm not sure because, again, number one, we talked about the quarterback situation and again, how great their running back uh, situation is in Cleveland. Well, and so you talk about that receiving core and last season, the, the highest yardage total was Donovan Peoples-Jones at 597 yards. Uh, so that tells me right then and there that no matter what happens, your ceiling is not very high. If you are a, a receiver, I mean, Deshaun Watson could change the whole deal, but by the same token, you know, Donovan people Jones did have the most yardage last year and, and it wasn't even close to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, but Amari Cooper, right? 865 yards last season, uh, after a couple of thousand yard seasons, he brings the possibility uh, of at least maybe filling in a little bit for Jarvis Landry, uh, where where Jarvis Landry because Landry was a ghost of himself last year, five seventy yards, uh, thirty or fifty two receptions. So, you know, it, it's a good it's a good slide in job to have Mamari Cooper in there, but I don't know how much it helps this pass game. Yeah, and again, you talked about the numbers with Amari Cooper, right? Since he joined Dallas back in 2019, he had two 1,100-yard seasons. He's getting the touchdowns as well. He had two seasons where he had at least eight touchdowns. 2020s where he only had five touchdowns, but yardage was still there for him. So I think that once Deshaun Watson is going to be under center, I think that him and um, Amari Cooper are going to have that connection. He's going to be one of those you know, receivers at that point when they do get Watson back there where he can be a possible wide receiver one or fringe of wide receiver one. But um, for me, I think the value is still there on these uh, running backs, right? Rod, I mean, I, I don't I don't see it any other way until we know the, what the quarterback situation is going to be. Well, after Peoples Jones and Cooper, it's really just a mess. So you got Anthony David Schwartz. Bell. Yeah, I mean, yeah. right? You got Jamarcus Bradley, uh, Javon Wims, Isaiah Weston, Michael. Br- I mean, you, who are you talking about past this? Yeah, David Bell, uh, Jakeem yeah. Grant, Mike Harley. Like, none of these names are, are – I mean, you'll know them by the end of next year because someone's going to have to be a wide receiver three in this, but – yeah, and but they've got Njoku coming back too, which is also positive. Yeah, and again, Kareem Hunt is one of the, what a, a pass catcher as well, right? So uh-huh. he can you know get that get those uh, get those pass catches from whoever the quarterback is. So I think that's going to be something interesting to see. I think the value again, like I said, I think it's on the running backs for this roster. Until we see exactly what happens at at quarterback, yes, the running back yeah. position will be probably the only thing I feel comfortable doing anything with. Uh, in the press, which is why you don't draft this early either. If you're doing a redraft. (laughs) Yeah. hundred percent. agree with that. I mean, people are pulling the trigger on redraft drafts before we even get going with anything. I mean, wait, wait till like the week before the season happens that way. After all preseason games are over after everything, you know, just wait, just wait because of situations like this, because we probably won't know anything about what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson until uh, who knows before the season. I I mean, there's no way he could be the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. I mean, with, with all this, like the, we saw the Trevor Bauer situation in baseball where they they suspended him, I think, for what, a year or two years. If the NFL is going to use that as an example for what the whole situation is with Deshaun Watson – I mean, he might be suspended. If I had to guess, he has to be suspended at least for half of the season. At least eight weeks would be my guess. 
Yeah. Again, I, I don't see him suiting up, so it might be Jacoby Brissett season in Cleveland. Keep uh, keep your ears up. Keep your eyes open on Twitter and follow that situation closely, especially if you yep. plan to roster anybody other than a running back on Cleveland. Speaking of running backs, the Pittsburgh Steelers have themselves a fantastic running back, um, and they will need to use every bit of him if they want to try to topple the Bengals, which they could not do last year. Although, respectable for them, 9-7 and seven and 1, uh, finishing second in the division, did the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, but that was with Ben Roethlisberger, and that was with a guy that, uh, you know, you can say what you want about just his overall grit, but you saw the age finally get to Ben Roethlisberger, and I'm pretty sure he's 39, I'm 46. I'm here to tell you, kids, that once you get to this age... You feel every bit of everything. So, like, I know athletes are superhuman, but at 39, if you're getting pummeled, Tom Brady feels it too. Just don't don't let him kid you. Anyways, the Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger, second place. I mean, good team still, right? Yeah, I mean, look, uh, and then this is another team that we, we assume that MVP Mitchell Trubisky is going to be the starting quarterback. For this team, but you hit the nail on the head. I think the value again is with Najee Harris. Um, last season, I think that people were really hyping him up to be the rookie of the year and, and bet on that awards market, but I just wasn't buying it just because that offensive line there was a lot of turnover with his offensive line. They lost the top key wide, sorry, uh, offensive lineman. Um, but I think that the receivers on this team, right? I think Deontay Johnson was one guy that had an absolutely fantastic season for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I'm I'm assuming that Mitchell Trubisky is going to be the starting uh, quarterback for this team, but I think all the value, at least from a fantasy perspective, for me is going to be with Najee Harris coming into his second year. I think that he's only going to show improvements year over year. I think that you know being at the professional level in the NFL is just going to make you obviously better and smarter. Uh, having getting that you know that first year experience under your belt, and you know can we see him go for 1,100, 1,200 yards? Yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, he's just that type of dynamic player, like you mentioned. I mean, he had 1,200 yards on the dot last season, seven, yeah. seven touchdowns, 307 carries. It, you know, he's that was a rookie. That was a rookie. That was a rookie. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, it, we're, we're really just we're basing this off of his last season, and he's got no, no place to go but up because I think now with Trubisky, the fact that he's got a, a much younger quarterback, and look, Trubisky is a little more mobile. Than, than statuesque Ben Roethlisberger. He can yes. he can escape the pocket a little bit, so you're not pinning your ears back, as the kids say, and going after Ben Roethlisberger, who you know is, is barely going to be able to move out of the pocket. Trubisky can move, so you have to respect that. And so you do, backers back off a little bit, the line you know still presses, but that just opens up a few more uh, chances for Najee Harris. So, I mean, it, is he a first-round running back, I guess, in your draft? Ooh, uh, I don't think so, Rod. I, I really don't think. I mean, it's really tough to say, but if, if gun to my head, I think the ADP for him is probably first round-esque, if that makes sense for me, mm -hmm. or if that makes sense just for the conversation piece. But, you, I mean, you mentioned like 1,200 yards last season. I, I think, again, only he's going to get better. Are they going to rely more on him because you have uh, Mitchell Trubisky back there? Or are you going to trust Mitchell Trubisky to throw the ball down the field, knowing his history what it was in Chicago when he was the starting quarterback there with the interceptions and everything? And I think that maybe his stock does go up and he does become a first-round uh, 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 running back that does come off the board. And again, he's young, right? It's not like where we've seen Ezekiel Elliott take a dip, where Ezekiel Elliott, when he was in his first, second, third year, was an automatic top 10 pick i believe at the time right now Najee harris is entering his second season he could go out and get another 12 1300 yards like we mentioned and get a 10 touchdown so i think that's you know i think the quality and the potential is certainly there for him to be that uh, top uh, top you know first round uh, running back like you said i'll tell you one thing if if i'm drafting a startup dynasty right now i'm definitely taking Najee. if i have one of the last picks of the the first round i'm, I'm definitely snagging him or, or even, you know, in the middle of it, too. Because he's got receiving skills, too. 467 yards yeah. on 74 receptions, so he can catch the ball yeah. as well. I mean, in a redraft situation, if the price is right for him, I'm going after him because there's not a lot of running backs in the league that I, I, I feel like have a good position um, that are as young as Najee Harris. So, 
Yeah. And it's, it's the whole, like he's young, right? Once you get into that, we talk about territory, like the shelf life for a running back in the NFL is what five years, six years uh, until they start seeing that decline. I think Zeke is a, is a huge example of that. Um, And I think Najee obviously still young legs. And I think that he certainly has that potential uh, to get that 13, 1400 yards for you on the ground. And again, like you mentioned, we haven't talked about the pest catching until you just mentioned, I think that, you know, that's only going to improve for him as well. I agree. Well, yeah, especially with Mitch Trubisky, who can probably get him the ball. Dink and dunk. Yeah. Dink and dunk. Uh, one notable missing receiver from this team, obviously Juju Smith-Schuster, no longer with the team, uh, moving on. But he wasn't much of a factor last season anyways, right? He only played in five games, mm-hmm. 129 yards, 15 receptions. It wasn't It wasn't a Juju Smith-Schuster type season, um, so they will say goodbye to him. But, you know, they've got... Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool, and now they have Anthony Miller. So I have a feeling that this receiving core is not going to be that far of a drop-off. And 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 let's ride the Anthony Miller back with Mitch Trubisky narrative and, and say that that has a little bit of carry with it too, right? Yep. And they drafted George Pickens as well out of Georgia, right? Uh, kind of to maybe be that f- number three wide receiver for them. But like you mentioned, they did also pick up Anthony Miller. So, you know, they we know Steelers historically draft excellent wide receivers it's no secret right i mean we go all the way back to when they got antonio brown in the draft and 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 you know they had they drafted juju smith and now he's off to kansas city but this wide receiving core is going to be fine i think deontay johnson is a one wide wide receiver that i you would probably want to target uh in your drafts this year because the guy you know uh, my barber is actually a a steelers fan and, and, he, and he follows his team very closely he just had he's very critical of the team but he, the one guy that he mentioned that was going to be that was going to be absolutely fantastic and is going to be is because of his work ethic is Deontay Johnson and I think the numbers show that from last season as well where he was absolutely fantastic and again he's only going to get better too right now um we talk about an aging Ben from last year I, I just don't know what we're going to see from Mitchell Trubisky because because what of how is the spiral went down for him in Chicago, right? Because it was just playing that he was through so many interceptions and things like that. Um, but I'm really curious to see how he's going to look in preseason and during the season. And again, having a, a, a playmakers like Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson and Najee Harris or, or guys that can catch the ball. I think, you know, Deontay Johnson is going to be solid again this year. Deontay Johnson will be, but I mean, really also pay attention to Chase Claypool. Cause again, Chase Claypool sure. without uh, Juju Smith Schuster in there, 59 catches, 860 yards. It was it was a really good season for him. Uh, Deontay Johnson, we talked about it, 1,161 yards on 107 receptions, eight touchdowns. Uh, we'll, we'll get to the tight end position in a second. But, you know, Trubisky, you look at what he did in 2018, which was his best season, right? 3,223 yards, 24 touchdowns, led the Bears to an 11-3 and record. And that was, that was a pretty good Bears team. I mean, that was a team... Yeah that had uh, not not only Mitch Trubisky, but, you know, they got Jordan Howard. Um, they had uh, at running back, and they had uh, Anthony Miller there, obviously, Allen Robinson. So some talented receivers around him. He gets that back in Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool, and, and he has a good running back behind him in Najee Harris. Could we see the Mitch Trubisky of 2018, though? That That's my question. You know what? I, I think we can. Because I think that the one thing that I do trust for this uh, organization is that you have a coach like Mike Tomlin, right? They're going to put him in the right in the right positions, and they're going to put him in the right situations on when to pass the ball or when to hand it off. Or, and I think that if it was any other team, I'm not so sure. But when you have guys like Mike Tomlin and you know, and that coaching staff there with the especially the offensive minds that they do have. It's a real possibility there. And again, you got to remember that Mitchell Trubisky is probably coming out on this team with a chip on his shoulder and that he has something to prove, that he belongs in this league, that those last couple years there in Chicago were kind of a fluke, right? And if we kind of even look at the numbers, Rod, I mean, they haven't been so bad. Like 2020, he had 2,055 passing yards in what, nine games, 10 games that he played, 16 touchdowns and eight interceptions. The interceptions I thought were a lot more than they actually are. So um again, he had what 12 in 2018, 10 in 2019, 2020 at eight and nine games. So I think that if he's able to just make better decisions, and I think the 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 coaching staff of the Pittsburgh Steelers are gonna put him in that position, I think he can have another 
3,000 you know, passing yard season. The only problem is that he may be looking over his shoulder and see, okay, Kenny Pickett, they drafted in the first round. If he out, if you know, if he looks better than me during training camp or in mini camp and in the preseason, am I going to be on a short leash? So that may be something that's on the back of his mind as well. Yeah, I mean, look again. I, my whole stance on rookie quarterbacks, anyways, is that you probably should just sit, sit them a year. Yeah, sit them a year. I, I'm I'm always of the let them marinate a year in the system and then put them out there. I, I don't necessarily agree with tossing them out right away because we haven't seen it work more often than not. I mean, last season, I, I, I feel like a few of them worked. But by and large, it's just it's a crapshoot, you know. If you put rookie quarterbacks out there, um, last agree. thing we'll mention before we move on: Pat Fryermuth is back at tight end, exciting, and I think somebody you need to keep an eye on at the tight end position. He may, he may fall if people don't remember his name, but he had 497 yards. More importantly, kids, seven touchdowns is what <laughs> that guy gave you. He gave you yeah. touchdowns galore. Uh, so a, a fun guy to, to keep an eye on 60 catches 497 and with Trubisky, I have a feeling that's going to go up, right? Because he had a good tight end, uh, over there in his, in his corner with, uh, Trey Burton, the, the last season, uh, that he was with the bears. Yeah. I mean, seven touchdowns. Nobody's going to complain about that. If he, the guy like this is on your fantasy team and now he's going to be the starting tight end for this team, right? Oh, uh, Rod? Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. there's no Eric Ebron anymore. Yeah, so 79 targets last year. He had 60 receptions, close, like you mentioned, 500 receiving yards, seven touchdowns. Again, I think that this is a guy that, like Rod just said, you want to keep an eye on uh, if you are looking for a, a, a tight end uh, in, in those later rounds if you haven't picked one up yet. And you're going to be. I guarantee you, you will yes, be. Yes, 100%. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, two down, two to go. When we come back from the break, we're going to break down the other two teams of the AFC North. But first... Let's make sure we talk about WinBet. Make sure to get down on WinBet's $50 to win $200 promotion, where a $50 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. Plus, the WinBet Casino is offering a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. You can even win a golf trip to win Las Vegas for the PGA Championship. Bet $100 or more on golf this week and be entered to win a golf trip to win Las Vegas. You got till May 22nd to make this happen, and there's so much to choose from. All you got to do is download the WinBet app now or visit winnbet.com to get started. Offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Let's move on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players, including me. I am now in a zombie fantasy football league. And we're drafting exclusively on Sleeper. Yeah, wish me luck. This zombie league is going to be crazy. Lots of crazy rules. But Sleeper is making it easy for you to be able to have all of those crazy rules. And you do probably have a fantasy league on there or two or three or four. But it's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry now. You can make money on Sleeper, too, by playing their new over-under game. Super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like. Pick the over-under. For example, the number of points in basketball, hits in baseball, whatever football-related they got going on over there, too. You can pick correctly. You can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money that you put in. And why I'm super excited about the over-under on Sleeper Game is it's the only app where I can join my buddies' contest and we can all play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see, and because I like to think for myself, but my friends are smarter, uh, I could pick their their picks too with the tap of a button. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. So stop what you're doing right now. Download the Sleeper app now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money on your mobile phone. Join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash SGP. Our Sleeper will automatically uh, match your first deposit up to $100. Right, join our squad, get the 100% deposit bonus over at sleeper.com. We're brought to you by Athletic Greens and their AG1 supplements. So, what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotic adaptogens to help you start your day right. Special blend of ingredients support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all of these things. Plus, it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and 
It's cheaper than your cold brew habit. AG1 supports better sleep quality and recovery, and Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash SGP. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash SGP to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode does not actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added protection and security, you might as well be giving away your private data to hackers, ISPs, prying eyes, everybody that you don't want to have your information is going to have it. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting one 100% of your data. That means your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even that very place where you're sitting right now, the physical location is going to be hidden. IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online. It is that simple. You can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on your speed, which means your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. So whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IP Vanish. They're offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. It's like getting nine months for free. Super easy to use, too. All you got to do, tap one button. You're instantly protected. You won't even know that it's on. So stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, everything you buy. Take back your privacy today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to IPVanish.com slash SGP. Use that promotional code SGP. Claim your 70% savings. That's IPVanish.com slash SGP. Back with more of the AFC North with Munaf Maji. We are getting you set for your drafts because that music continues to play in the background uh, because you're going to be drafting soon. And you got to know what's going on. And the landscape of the NFL has changed so drastically <laughs> since the beginning of, well, March, I suppose. And everything happening and free agency kicking around and all of the rookies and whatever. We're just going to have to, we'll just lay it all out for you because that's what we do here on the show. So. That's why you got to listen to the Fantasy Football Podcast. Rubby Rogers does it all. I, I don't know. I try to keep my head above water, but I don't know how this guy does it. I, well, look, man. We So listen to the PropCast, too, because we broke down some good rookie uh, bets for you if you're of the betting nature. Uh, and if you can bet legally, yeah, definitely ha- check out the PropCast because those are some good rookie bets going on. Uh, and, and look, all that analysis, too, helps you in the fantasy world because we've talked about it numerous times, how these shows yeah. just sort of cross-pollinate. They really do. I, I think that's one of the reasons, you know, we started a propcast. Uh, I don't want to get off topic here, but uh, when when we started the propcast, when me and Dan the, thought of the idea uh, just to uh, show dedicated player props because we we're really good at them, um, it just made sense when I brought you on last season because it's really just correlated. We've said this, I don't like you mentioned how many times we've said it, it just makes too much sense. So it really just, I think that only helps you with your betting on player props. It also helps me getting your expert advice from fantasy and things like that so hopefully this coming season again rod's a regular now he is a co-host on on the propcast as well so it's just gonna be a lot of fun coming up this year it certainly will somebody who hopes to have a little more fun this year is the baltimore ravens finishing dead last in the division last year eight and nine record it was a rough one for the ravens right out of the jump uh it just seemed like everybody was getting hurt when you run a a run heavy offense i'm not allowed to say triple option when you run a run heavy <laughs> offense uh you you definitely when you lose your running backs it hurts and they did they lost jk dobbins lost gus edwards basically anybody that carried the ball that was not uh lamar jackson was hurt so this year they get them both back so does this improve the outlook of this team overall to have uh, their their two star running backs back. Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, kind of going back to last season is where this team was just decimated by injuries, and it was in training camp, right? With, like you mentioned, Gus Edwards and then J.K. Dobbins. I'm confused about this team, and from a fantasy perspective, because, and I think this is where I could get your advice here, Rod is. 
Lamar Jackson, obviously, last season uh, towards the end, I think it was asked for week 13, he had the ankle uh, injury and couldn't come back. Um, and now the biggest trade or the most shocking trade, I, the most shocking, I should say, was Hollywood Brown going from the Ravens over to Arizona. I think that, you know, both Lamar Jackson and Hollywood Brown were, were, were close. They were like best friends. And I think that kind of caught Lamar Jackson off guard. I think it caught a lot of Baltimore fans and even, you know, overall football player, or sorry, football fans off guard as well, because it just kind of tells me that they're still going to be very, very heavily committed to running the football here because they are getting those, you know, running backs back as well. And how much stock do you put into a guy like Rashad Bateman? for you know to really be the guy on this on this team to be that wide receiver one i i was really struggling with this i want to get your thoughts on this first it it's tough because you're right in the fact that this is going to be a running team again i mean lamar jackson we we say that he's a dual threat we say that he can throw and that he can pass but his best season was 2019 where he threw for 3127 yards It, it wasn't that he was throwing for a huge amount of of yardage and you know it's just a matter of this is a run first team it always has been with him it always will be with him and i don't see that changing anytime soon so do i trust rashad bateman he's a great he's a great running or a, a receiver absolutely but i don't think that he is wide receiver one material yet 515 yards last season um, you know, you're missing Marquise Brown, who had a thousand. Where this really becomes an issue is Mark Andrews, um, yeah. because he was the leading receiver on the the leading the leading pass catcher on the team yeah. with 1,300 yards. So, if anything, that maybe boosts his value up a few more notches. You know, but especially with J.K. Yeah. Dobbins coming back. You know, it yeah. Just, I was just gonna say that. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, it's just exactly with J.K. Dobbins coming back. That's that the the ceiling on Bateman is a little lower than it probably should be. Yeah. And I had Mark Andrews on my championship roster last year and he was absolutely fantastic. And I think that his production is probably going to go up now. I think that's the one guy in this passing game that, you know, is reliable that, you know, is going to put out that production uh, for uh, this Baltimore, uh, sorry, Baltimore Ravens passing uh, offense. You know, we always talk about every single year is that we're going to see that next step in Lamar Jackson's game of by being a passer. Is he going to get the yardage? I mean, he can throw a, a good ball down the field, but can he do it? Then the question then becomes on a consistent basis, right? I think that's the biggest question for Lamar Jackson. We know the athletic ability is there for him to, you know, juke and make guys miss when he's getting out in open space. And we know that this is a very run-heavy team. Even on third downs, well, well, they're, you know, try to come up with a flashy or a gimmicky play where they try to get Lamar Jackson out in space and pick up those few yards where he needs to get that first down versus on second and one, do they want to drop back and take a deep shot down the field? I don't show, I don't think that we they have that guy now without Hollywood Brown. So Again, they're just going to get back to running the ball, being efficient at that, and then playing great defense. Because we talk about this Baltimore Ravens defense, it seems like they have all the right guys, but they still go out and add more guys on that defensive side of the football for them. And for the offensive side, it's like, hey, let's run, let's let's play old school football. Let's just run it down their throats. We have a dynamic guy in Lamar Jackson who can, on any given season, when healthy, he can get. I mean, we're not going to sign if he gets a thousand yard, uh, thousand yards on the ground, Rod. I mean, are you be shocked to see that? Not necessarily. He led the team last year with 767 yards on the ground. So, I mean, he was the leading rusher and the leading passer on that. And I say it in the USFL all the time. It's hard to win games when your leading rusher is also your quarterback. Yeah. And that was last season. He got what you said, 767 uh, yards. On the ground, and that's with him missing the final five games of the regular season. So he could have easily surpassed getting a thousand yards uh, on the ground uh, last season if he would have been able to stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, his best passing game was against Indianapolis. He threw for 442 yards, four touchdowns in that game. But the next best was week three, 287 yards. And that was the only time that he even touched 280 at all. I mean, it, again, he's not going to throw the ball all over the field. Can he throw a good deep ball? Sure. Does yeah, he do it often? Yeah. No. So again, load up on these running backs because that's where the value is going to be. If you really need 
Bateman as a uh, flex, then yeah. But I think the only guy that's catching passes on this that you want is going to be uh, um, Mark Andrews because, you know, uh, Devin Duvernay, not, not doing much for me. Uh, yeah. James Prochet, not doing much for me. You know, these, these guys, this receiving core is not built for a, a quarterback that could throw the ball. And we know that about the Ravens, right? Like, I know they, they're trying to tailor an offense around uh, Lamar Jackson, but when you have these type of running backs, like you just know, like it's just brand on brand for the Baltimore Ravens to just run the ball down your throat. And again, Mark Andrews last year, what he finished up with 1,361 receiving yards and had nine passing catch, uh, sorry, nine uh, touchdowns last season. He's been a machine in the in, in in the red zone and catching those touchdowns, right? Going back to the 2019 season where he had 10 touchdowns, he had seven in 2020, and last year uh, he had uh, nine um, in the 17 games that he did play. If he probably did have Lamar Jackson last season to the tail end, who knows? He could have probably broke his career high in uh, receiving touchdowns um, for the season. So I think, I think the one guy that I would target from this Ravens team is probably Mark Andrews. I wanted to ask you this, Rod. Where does uh, Lamar Jackson rank on your fantasy football uh, list as far as quarterbacks? Uh, he's a top ten for sure, and that's really okay. because of his running ability. He's going to get you okay. those running, those run rushing yards. He's going to get you a couple of rushing touchdowns. Uh, you know, last year he had two, so I just think his legs give you a, a decent floor uh, than than anything because that's kind of what you're you're hoping for. Uh, is a good, decent floor. When you look at his rushing yards alone last season, um, he was around what, 80, 80 yards the first couple of games, 107 yards. Like he's given you at least five or six points per game uh, with his legs. And sure. and that's that's on top of anything that he gives you passing-wise. So, uh, you know, if you're getting a, a running back two and a quarterback two, that I think that makes a good quarterback one together. Yeah, I mean, I agree. And again, um, I, I think sneakily for me, I really do. I mean, I know this is not fancy related, but J.K. Dobbins at comeback player of the year, I think that's something that I would want to consider as well. That's not a bad bet. I mean, look, on Sleeper, his ADP right now in a standard league is about 45th. Uh, okay. and, and in a PPR, it's 39. So, yeah. I mean, you could probably get him, if you're paying attention, you could probably let him slip a couple of, of uh, rounds because people have forgotten about him obviously being hurt last year. So uh, if you wanted to be sneaky and maybe grab him early uh, just so you know that whoever's listening to this show is going to do the same, uh, you know, just just do that for you. But understand that he's, he's falling to, you know, the third, fourth round uh, of, a, of a draft. And, and really people just forgot how good he could be and how good he is in this offense. And I'm, I'm not sure that I'm scared of another injury uh, with mm -hmm. him. I don't think that's going to happen, but maybe that's what's scaring people off too. Yeah, and again, if you go back to the 2020 season, you know that those final 11 games for the Baltimore Ravens, he had 827 uh, combined yards with about I think eight touchdowns and 11 catches. So, um, you know, he's still young. I think that he'll bounce back this year for sure. Um, I, and I, I wouldn't be mad to have him on my roster either. Suck to watch him go down. I mean, I had such high hopes really for him. Did. Yeah, I really yeah. did. He great rookie year, like we said, eight hundred and five yards, nine touchdowns, which was uh, phenomenal in in the fifteen games that he played. So he was flashy. He fit this this offense perfectly, and it's just I'm I'm excited to see him get another shot at it. And hopefully, the Ravens can can improve their season because uh, they'd sure like to do that, not finish last in the division again. But even Gus Edwards, like Rod, like if you take a look at his first three seasons with the Ravens, I believe he his uh, average yards per rush was right around five or a hair above five. Like I don't think it was below four at all uh, for Gus Edwards. And so I think that might be another guy that at the tail end, if you do need to pick up a, a extra uh, sorry, running back to have on your roster, just in case one of these guys do go down for the Baltimore Ravens, he's not a bad addition to have. Especially when he's at, I think, at least 700 rushing yards in the first three seasons um, with the Baltimore Ravens. So I think that's a, a good late add uh, in the later rounds if you're looking to pick up an extra running back. Yep. I mean, if you're talking about backing up a running back with another running back, then that's definitely <laughs> the backup you want, right? Uh, which, I mean, mm -hmm. I get because it because uh, with, with the way this offense runs, any running back in that backfield has instant value and probably more value than uh, you know the backfield that we're going to talk about right now. To be honest with you, 
as we move over to the AFC North champion, Cincinnati Bengals, the Super Bowl runner-ups. Uh, just a, a great season overall for these guys, and really not much has changed, to be honest with you. If you look up and down this roster, it looks practically the same, if not the same, as the the one that got them to the Super Bowl. So from a fantasy perspective, look, Munaf, we're going to spend these next 10 minutes basically just saying, yep, these guys are good, but really actionable. Let's get down in the weeds with it. Obviously, we know that Joe Burrow is a hell of a quarterback, right? I mean, went completely bonkers last season and just made everybody around him look good. Came back from that injury to to really blow the doors off. 4,611 yards, 34 touchdowns, um, completion percentage of over 70%. So Joe Burrow equals good. Oh, a hundred percent. He has that it factor, right? Like we talk about an it factor. Like he has that swag about him. He has that it factor. And like you said, like this, he's just going to continue to get better. And a lot of times we talk about teams in the, in the betting world, at least that, oh, this team is going to have a Super Bowl hangover. I don't think that's going to be the case with this team because they're so young. They got a taste of that success, you know, last season where they got all the way to the Super Bowl. So I'm pretty sure that they're going to want to get you know, attempt to get back there. And like you said, they, they're bringing the same guys back and it starts with their leader and then their quarterback, uh, you know, Joe Burrow, who throw, like you said, had 4,600 passing yards last season, who had 34 touchdowns. I want to see some improvement where, you know, his interceptions do come down a little bit um, just because, you know, he, he is a young quarterback. So I think he's going to year by year, he's going to continue to get better. But again, Joe Burrow is that guy. Like he can go out on any given Sunday and throw for 300, 350 yards if they so choose if they needed to do that super flex league definitely a top five pick in my opinion for joe burrow uh i just he's too good of a guy and and give him another le- uh, year with this team it's just going to be amazing to see what he does uh one qb i'd still say he's a top four quarterback i think the only people i would probably put above him would be mahomes uh mm-hmm. would possibly be I know Tom Brady, people are going to laugh at me, but this guy's going to go out for blood this year. So I, I just, I can't count on him not having a good season. But anyways, I, he's up there. Probably even a top three, I guess, if we're really going to put gun. Josh in. Allen. Josh Allen. Oh yeah, for sure. Josh Allen. Yep. There you go. Uh, yep. I forgot about him because we're going to talk about him next week. <laughs> uh, but all right, this is the year, Moonoff, where I stop disrespecting Joe Mixon. Uh, oh, you have to. I, I, I know. I Last season coming in, I was like, yeah, but, and now I just can't anymore, right? Three of the seasons that he's been healthy, he's had over 1,100 yards. Last season, he had 1,205 yards, 13 touchdowns, obviously the most that he's ever had in his career, by far and away. Joe Mixon just looks every bit as good as everybody that's been a Joe Mixon truther their entire life uh, does. So I I will stop disrespecting Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon was my MVP last year on my championship team uh, at the running back position. I probably think he was my most consistent player on my fantasy team last year. And you put the numbers right there in front of you. Like uh, Joe Mixon, like you mentioned, 1,200 rushing yards, 13 touchdowns. He had 314 receiving yards, also three receiving touchdowns. So a total of, what, 16 touchdowns there for him. Um, he eclipsed over 100, 1,500 combined yards. And Rod... Let's not forget, this was behind a very, very shitty offensive line. Like, they gave up so many sacks last year, and I think that was the one advantage the Rams had over this team in the Super Bowl was that that front line was really able to get pressure on Joe Burrow. But and it's, especially with Joe Burrow, who was able to still throw for 4,600 yards behind this type of uh, offensive line, and now Joe Mixon, I know they made some moves in this offseason to bring in some offensive linemen to you know really improve that line there. He may, if he's again, the health is always a question with any player, but who knows? He can still, I think that he can still repeat the success that he had last season and maybe get up to 1,300 rushing yards and maybe another, you know, 13, 14 rushing touchdowns behind an improved offensive line. It's not that Gio Bernard ever really ate into his production overall, but the Mm -hmm. fact that Gio Bernard was gone basically told Joe Mixon that he was going to be the absolute leader in this backfield, and he proved it. 292 attempts last year. The next, the person with the next uh, amount of attempts was Samaj P. Ryan with 55. Yeah. 
So mm-hmm. we're talking Joe Mixon carrying the ball almost every single time there was a running play for the Bengals. And that hasn't changed because there's no other running backs out there. It's still Joe Mixon. It's still Samaj P. Ryan uh, for this, this running back room. So, again, all things considered the same, it's just going to be another load-up Joe Mixon type of uh, a situation. And, you know, this guy, I don't know. Let's see. I'm going to look up his ADP real quick. But while I do... Um, you know, this, this backfield is just going to be the same. Uh, the question that I have for you, since we're talking about this division now, who do you take Joe Mixon or Najee Harris? Whew, that's a good question. Um, I think I'm going to end up taking Joe Mixon first because again, oh, yeah. moon off, this is the year I stopped disrespecting him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I agree with you about that. Um, you know, again, the whole thing for me is that it's going to be an improved offensive line. And, you know, for him to have that production, what he did, especially rushing the ball last season, um, you know, he can, if he's able to play 16, you know, 15, 16, 17 games, uh, he can have that still same production of getting, you know, 1,200, 1,300 uh, uh, rushing yards and, you know, be in double-digit touchdowns again. So um, I think that's an interesting decision that, you know, some people may have to make that. Do you take Najee or do you take Joe Mixon? Well, I'll tell you what the ADP says right now, and that's Najee, not, or uh, Joe Mixon is actually a 10th overall in sleeper mm-hmm. in a standard, uh, and okay. where Najee Harris is 8th overall in a standard. So wow. the public is saying they want Najee over Joe Mixon, which... Which means takes Joe Mixon. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and Joe Mixon in, in, a, in a PPR is 11th right now on sleeper, his ADP there, okay. so... Uh, it, right. it's, it's close, right? I mean, this, that's why you asked the question because it's a lot closer than you probably would have thought. Uh, yeah. so yeah, give me that. I'll take Joe Mixon all day. All right, let's move on to the pass catchers because obviously we know where the, the bulk of everything lies and that's Jamar chase 1400 yards last season, 13 yep. touchdowns. I mean, the guy is electric and, and he's got Joe Burrow back again. I mean, you can't, this guy's going to be huge again this year. Yeah, I'm a little bitter towards Joe. Uh, sorry, Jamar Chase here. He uh, put my rookie of the year tickets up in flames <laughs> after I did have uh, heavy investments in Mac Jones. But yeah, I think that connection between Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase it's going to be there until both of these guys are going to be on this roster, which they should be for probably the rest of their careers. Like you mentioned, 1,400 uh, receiving yards. He uh, broke the record, well, not the record, but he he surpassed Jefferson Jefferson in his rookie year who also had around 1,400 yards. Uh, 13 touchdowns is, is the one thing that really sticks out, right? Uh, I know he, he had 14, you know, um, 1,400 receiving yards, but 13 touchdowns, that's that's impressive. And this is a, this is a guy that it's a, it's a, he's a deep threat. And I, when I was looking at, you know, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, the things that really kind of st- stuck out for me for Jamar Chase is that he gained over 20 yards on uh on uh twenty seven point two percent of his eighty one catches, right? He reached uh in eight of those receptions came uh to the forty yard mark. So his explosiveness, like we've seen, if you just just go through his game log, that explosiveness is there. And you've been uh you've been a very proponent of this. Is that yak, right? He's a guy that has speed. He can catch the ball whether it's down the field. He can you know create that separation with his speed. Or even if it's like a, a a a tunnel screen, or if it's a you know a, a quick slant, he's a guy that can use his speed and get that gap for you and, and take it to the house. So Jamar Chase is a is a is a is a wide receiver that that's going to be really good for a very long time with Joe Burrow under center. Going sixth overall on sleeper uh, wow. in a PPR, right? And uh, well, I mean sixth overall in wide receiver. Uh, okay. And then um, number nine in a standard. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's definitely one of the better ones, so we'll, we could probably leave the analysis alone there for him. T. Higgins, though, is somebody that I think gets buried underneath the, the Jamar Chase uh, cloud. He had 1,000 yards himself, right? 1,091 yeah. <laughs> yards, six touchdowns. So, you know, for a quarterback that throws for 4,000 yards, of course you're going to have a couple of good receivers, and that T. Higgins was another one. Um, so let's not sleep on him. T. Higgins might be that value play that you're kind of looking for for a a wide receiver three possibly because now now teams have tape they have tape on Jamar Chase and how do you try to attempt to slow him down right and I think the beneficiary of that might be T. Higgins who last year over his last two seasons he had 100 plus targets right he had 74 receptions last year like you mentioned last year over a thousand yards receiving his first year 
he had 900 receiving yards. He had six touchdowns so far each in his first two seasons. So, you know, T. Higgins is a great option as well. Obviously, Jamar Chase is a big flashy play and rightfully slow because he had a great rookie season. But I think, you know, there's there's a little bit of value here on T. Higgins to kind of be a possibly, a, you know, even a wide receiver. I don't know. I don't want to say two, but I think a good play at wide receiver three. I would say so. And actually, his consensus ranking right now, or his, his ADP is 38th overall on sleeper and that's overall so you know yeah. that's that's some wow. value right there right that's that's a lot of value for a guy like him yeah um just to wrap up a couple of other thoughts tyler boyd 800 yards himself i mean again another kind of forgotten guy on this team five touchdowns not a bad season for a guy like tyler boyd even though there was probably a lot higher hopes for boyd than higgins uh but you know obviously still not a bad season for tyler boyd this just keeps on telling me that you need to get Joe Burrow on your roster. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah. just because I mean, because of the amount of, I mean, we're just talking about it right now with all the yards that these receivers are getting. I mean, this could possibly be a team where you have three wide receivers who could have thousand yard receiving seasons. Absolutely. Like, I, I think that's a huge possibility, right? Like I think obviously both T Higgins and Jamar Chase got that. And like you just mentioned with Tyler Boyd last season's 828. So he was only what 172 yards away from a thousand yard season. So I don't know. You might want to create some stacks here if you're if you're a uh if you're obviously a fantasy player listening to this. So there, I mean there's some potential stack uh, uh opportunity between the just this roster. Well, and then of course CJ Uzama is not with the team anymore, but Hayden Hurst now becomes yeah. a a player on the Bengals. So, I mean, Uzama last season had 493 yards, five touchdowns. So I'm not sure that I expect Hurst to, to pick up that, uh, that slack, which means there's those extra yards that could go to uh, Tyler Boyd to get him over a thousand yards. Yeah. And last season, uh, th then he also had five receiving touchdowns, uh, did CJ Uzama. So that's again, another five touchdowns that's up for grabs as well. If, if Hayden Hurst is not going to get that prediction uh, or be that red zone threat, that CJ Uzama was so again, again a lot of potential here, especially for the Cincinnati, uh, Cincinnati roster, which I think you kind of did that on purpose to save them last. <laughs> I, I kind of had to, right? I <laughs> <laughs> you're right. No, you're right. Uh, so yeah, definitely take a look at Tyler Boyd. I think he's he's definitely a good late round pickup, uh, a good steal in a flex position as well. But <sighs> Moon off. That is the AFC North, man. I'm so glad that I brought you on for this first one. This was a I mean, it's, it's a nice way to kick off these previews and, and to be able to just sort of get everybody familiar with, with what they're looking at when it comes to the, the landscape of the fantasy football world at large. Yeah, and, and, and as we were kind of talking about this, I was making my own notes. So, you know, <laughs> when we do the prop cast, when we talk about these receivers and players and how it's going to stack up against this, the, this yardage. So, again, you know, we've said this numerous times and we're seeing, we're beating, you know, the same drum here, but it just, it just makes a lot of sense that again, listen to the fantasy football podcast here where, you know, Rod and, and the crew are doing these, you know, division previews and talking about these players. And then you kind of go back when the books do release the, uh, the player prop totals, if you are a better, and you look at those yardage props that it, it just makes too much sense that you're killing two birds or sorry, you're killing uh yeah, two birds with one stone. Feeding two birds with one scone. That's right. We're the softer side of SGPN. <laughs> all right, Moonoff, let everybody know where they can find you all over this. I mean, it's not like you have to look very hard, but remind everybody where they can find you on the SGPN. Yeah, find me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. Obviously, get over to the website as well, but you can find me on the NBA Gambling Podcast uh, at least three or four times a week. Uh, you can find me on the MLB Gambling Podcast as well. And then also on the propcast with my main man Rod here. So we're gonna start cranking out the propcast. Uh, I know NFL, sorry, uh, NBA is winding down, but MLB we're trying to go at least five days a week now, uh, to, or at least sorry, six days a week now, so uh, cover the games there. So if you're a baseball fan, uh, come and join us on the MLB Gambling Podcast. But more importantly, also look out for all the propcasts that uh, myself, uh, Rod, and Dan are gonna do uh, as we get closer and ever so closer to draft season and the NFL season, Rod. That is correct. Check out the PropCast that dropped last night. Rookie receiving yard props. A lot of great ones in there as well. Uh, and, of course, keep an eye open for them as they come out over the course of the offseason. 
Make sure to follow the SGPN Fantasy World at SGPN Fantasy. Follow me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. Check out the NASCAR Gambling Podcast All-Star Weekend. This weekend, me and Cody break down the All-Star bets. Uh, find me all over this SGPN network as well. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we're just having some fun now in the offseason. USFL Tuesday coming back for you. Another episode with Scott and Terrell coming up on Wednesday. And then we'll be previewing the AFC South. I'm going to go north, south, east, and west uh, on next Thursday. So until then, everybody, enjoy your weekend or whenever you listen to this. Hopefully you are drafting uh, so far in the future that all of these can be useful to you at the end of it. So uh, save them up even if you want. I don't care. Whatever. But until next time, everybody, uh, have some fun and let it ride. Yeah.